Welcome to Intergalactic Crack's Way Better Crack mini-sode. Uh, so we've decided to do something a little bit new. I don't really know if it's that different, but something new in that we want to start talking a little bit about things that have been in the news. And uh, as always, I am Heather and I'm joined by my colleague, Courtney. And Courtney, would you like to tell everyone what's going to be happening in today's very special Way Better Crack mini-sode? Yes, so uh, today's topic is actually going to be a very special comet called 2i Borisov. And who better to discuss the topic of comets than our esteemed guest, Dr. Rock, back by popular demand. Yay! Hello, I'm back. Welcome. We are so happy to have you back here, Dr. Rock. And uh, one thing is, so you you have something to do with 2i Borisov, am I right? You're part of something with this comet. What is it? Uh, I am part of uh, one of the studies that came out and was recently published, in fact, in Nature Communications. Uh, the lead author is Stefan Banula, also of Arm Observatory and Planetarium. Cool, excellent. So um, we actually have a few questions about it just to help break down the topic of this particular comet and um, kind of just expand on it a wee bit more. So first of oh, all, my... My first question is about the name. So why is it 2i Borisov in particular? Well, um, this is sort of a temporary, but likely to be stuck with in long-term naming convention. So comets generally, when they're named officially, uh, they get a sort of designation, a number, a letter, a dash, and then a name. And uh, the number is just sequential number. The letter tells you what type of comet it is. Uh, The dash just separates that from the name. And the name is the discoverer, which is in this case, uh, Gennady Borisov, uh, not to confuse with Galin Borisov, also of our observatory and planetarium, also part of that study um, that we wrote together. The 2i part is there for second interstellar. So mostly comets are called C for comet um, or P for periodic. So 1P slash Halley, or as we normally call it, just Halley's comet. Um, that P is for periodic comet. C is for, uh, we're not sure if it's periodic. Basically, it's slightly more complicated than that, but kind of that, that's, that's the basis. And um, I, we have picked for interstellar. Ooh, sounds so yes. exotic. Well, it is quite, it is quite exotic, in fact, yes. Um, so one thing that came um, from the paper and from you know the the media talking about it and the public talking about it is um, it's quite a, it's quite special and the word pristine has been bandied about. Can you tell us why is Ti Borisov special? Well, firstly, it is special because it is an interstellar comet. So it does have two there, which implies there was a one before that. Um, that is referring to uh, Oumuamua. I'm never 100% sure how to pronounce that. I'm terribly sorry. Well, um, at least you the... know how to say it. I mean, what was that? Oumuamua? Oumuamua. Oumuamua. Okay. Okay. Or possibly Oumuamua. You know, it's. I'm. I'm. I've heard it said about a dozen times but not actually in the last year and a half, so I've mostly forgotten. 
Um, yes, so so that was the first interstellar visitor that we've discovered. That was back in uh, 2017. So that got a temporary designation 1i slash 2017 and then some other letters and numbers uh, and then got a proper name on one one which is hawaiian by the way uh, means the uh, scout so a scout from distant worlds come to our solar system um, but it is not actually a comet it turns out so we, when we first saw it we weren't sure if it's going to have a big tail and be a comet or not but it turns out there was some activity is a bit strange actually but, but it's an asteroid Whereas uh, 2i Borisov is a comet. It behaves like a comet. That is nice. Um, we you know, have comets in our solar system, and this one is clearly from somewhere outside. So it's nice to um, see something slightly familiar. But then what we analyzed uh, using uh, polarization as a technique uh, to uh, probe the uh, particle uh, structure and composition in the uh, dust uh, coma and tail of this comet is that it is, as you said, Heather, quite pristine. So this comes about in a couple steps. Firstly, the polarization is very high. Now, this without context doesn't mean much necessarily, and I won't go into too much detail because that could be an episode on its own just about what polarization is. Um, and you might want to get Stefano on for that instead. Anyway, but uh, the fact that it's very high is kind of unusual. Uh, we only have one other comet from our solar system that has similarly high polarization, and that would be comet Hale-Bopp, which came around in the 90s. So that's the only example. And, and for that one, we also expect it to be really, really pristine. So it may have gone, well, it did go past the sun once before, but we think it probably didn't go past the sun really close in, I mean, before that. And so we expect similarly this comet, uh, for that reason, uh, will never have been close to a star, close enough anyway to make a prominent tail. Okay, very interesting. Um, so obviously you're talking about the tail and that kind of thing. Can we see the comet from Earth? And can, can we see it still? Because obviously you were able to see it at some point. Yes, so it is It is on a hyperbolic orbit. That's part of it being a, an interstellar visitor, um, which means it's not bound to our solar, solar system, which means it's going to go past really fast so it doesn't get captured. And so it means that it is already about uh, halfway in, in distance, though not in space, because it actually goes sort of from above the uh, plane of the solar system down below it. Um, it is about the dis halfway between the distance uh, from Sun to Saturn and Uranus. So about 16, 17 astronomical units, which doesn't sound particularly far considering, you know, we do see Saturn in the night skies with the naked eye, even Uranus, if you know exactly where to look. But uh, planets are rather larger than comets and this comet is actually quite small as well. So it is much too faint to see with the naked eye, uh, much too faint to see with standard telescopes as well. Um, it's, I expect it would probably be theoretically possible with some of our best telescopes to still see it, but it would be extremely dim. So there wouldn't be much science you could do with that. And in a month's time, it will have gone from being, as I say, about 17 astronomical units away to about 27 astronomical units away. So it's really whizzing uh, away. Wow, okay, okay, that is one fast comet. Yeah, I mean, 
anytime you think of comets, you just think of like seeing one in the sky. It's like the big long tail and Halley's Comet and all that there. But that that is really, really interesting. But one thing um, that came out as well at the same time as this paper was another paper on T.I. Borisov as well. And if I'm right in saying you guys didn't really know that you were doing these papers sort of in parallel or in tandem with each other. But I think my question is then, what is actually the difference between the ARMA Observatory and Planetarium paper and the other paper that was published? Yes. So as you say, we were in fact not aware that um, another paper was being published. It does make some sense. So there were some papers on the comet uh, published a bit sooner, um, but um, it is still, you know, relatively close to the uh, closest approach of, of uh, to Iborisov. So it makes some sense that the papers about it are still coming out. So it's not extremely surprising that more than one paper is in works at about the same time. Uh, as it happens, both of these papers were used for the European Southern Observatory in Chile. So we used um, a VLT, very large telescope, observations uh, with, uh, well, as I say, polarizing filters, basically. Um, it's a Wollaston prism, which means it's a big uh, crystal of calcite, which is, if you think about it, it's kind of strange. We pick a rock and then we use it for really high uh, value scientific instrumentation. Um, but Sounds cool. It is, yes. Uh, but the other paper used information from ALMA, which stands for Large Atacama Millimeter Array. So the use of uh, very short wavelength radio waves. So they utilized very different methods than we did for their observations. And um, they got some results which might appear to be different at the first glance. But actually, when you look at the whole picture, it, there are more things that agree between the two papers than disagree. And so hopefully, you know, when we read the others' papers and, um, well, other papers that have come out or possibly some that will still come out in the future, uh, we'll get a, a nice consensus about what the actual properties of the comet are. But we both agreed that it's a pristine comet. It comes from definitely outside the solar system. And um, the other paper actually makes some speculations on what part of the solar system, of that solar system it, it started with and it came from. That's just so fascinating. And I just love that, you know, these two papers came out at the same time to talk about different things, but actually, you know, everything, it's its all for the greater good of understanding what this comet is. That That's fabulous. It is quite exciting, yes, when that sort of thing happens. Yeah, so um, guys, Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Rock, for summarizing to Borisov. It helps to talk to someone who was involved in the research and help break down the um, the science of it all. So I do appreciate that. And thank you for coming to our wee bit of crack this afternoon. You're very welcome. Always happy to be here. All right, Heather, I do have a question for you. Oh, is, I hope it's a question I can answer. Uh, I think so. If not, pass it on to Dr. Rock. Um, okay. But Heather, do you need some space? Oh, I think I might actually have to pass it on to Dr. Rock. I think that's just a way above my head today. Dr. Rock, do you need some space? Always, always.
Mile Observatory and Planetarium is a registered charity and part of the Northern Ireland Government Department for Communities. To find out more about AOP, follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Armagh Planet, Instagram at Armagh Planet, YouTube at Armagh Observatory and Planetarium, or check out our website where we host our blog, Astronauts, www.arma.space.